November 1st, 2021. A video camera and three chairs occupied the otherwise empty office. I was partial to vacant rooms. They unsettled the guilty. No windows in my interviewing room. No tables on which to rest a drink. No motivational pictures sporting the virtues of teamwork to distract my subjects. I wanted nothing between me and the person who would step into that room. My office down the hall lay buried in a morass of thumb drives, paper files, empty crumpled remains of takeout lunches, and pictures of my family teetering on my cluttered desk. My interview room, my inner sanctum, became a veritable focus of purity for my career compared with my otherwise untidy workspace. Dr. Rajesh Jothwani was our first subject of the day one of seven employees at Innovo Pharmaceutical who had managed to steal more than $2 million in assets, as well as engage in highly unusual activity in the company's labs. I convinced my director that my choice to interview him first was based solely on how easily I reckoned he would roll over on the other six employees from my company. But truth be told, I wanted to get this one done and over with. You see, my pending interview of Rajesh happened to be a necessary refresher course in making friends at work. In any sort of asset protection position such as mine, your friend one day could be your thief the next. I went out of my way to distance myself from employees socially, but Rajesh ended up being so dang likable that I couldn't help but hit it off with him. A dad like me, we enjoyed the same television shows, had the same sense of humor, and then he had to get himself mixed up in the largest, most scrutinized case I had ever worked on. This case wasn't just big. It was prison time big for even the smaller players. Lord, I wished I hadn't known Rajesh at all. The electronic lock chimed as my counterpart, David Tsai, stepped into the room and held open the door. Rajesh walked in next, looking completely out of his element. Forty-five years old with dark, freckled skin, my friend was built so thin that he'd have to stand up twice to cast a shadow. He was a Pakistani Hindu who fled to the U.S. in 2018 when the Pakistan-India conflict erupted. Rajesh became widowed during the religious slayings that broke out in Punjab and barely escaped with his young son, Arjun. A memory of my daughter's laughing and playing with Arjun at his latest birthday party bubbled up to the surface. I popped it, trying to distance myself emotionally from the interview that would destroy his career. Dr. Jothwani, thank you for making the time to meet with me this morning. I greeted him formally with a handshake that he firmly returned. I'm the doctor today. How very official, Martin. Rajesh moved to give me a man hug. However, my stiffened arm prevented him from closing with me. His expression transformed from comfortable familiarity to concerned confusion. Rajesh must have been thinking I had a backache or sunburn for not wanting to embrace. All the while, I was preparing myself to crush him. Well, I'd be lying if I said you were here for a social call. I'm conducting a security investigation as directed by our corporate office. Please sit, doctor. I watched Rajesh's friendly face melt away revealing his worry hidden underneath. He uneasily settled into the chair that I placed directly in the middle of the room. Martin, I don't understand. Is this a joke? I shook my head. 
I'd be a liar if I said it was. His eyes flashed a split second of fear when my partner David Tsai closed the door and turned on the tripod-mounted video camera. David came off as an unassuming man, average height and terribly ordinary-looking. However, stories I had told Rajesh in the past of my previous investigations must have come to mind. He knew that when we interviewed in pairs, the subject had reason to worry. I picked armless chairs for subjects to sit in for a reason. No walls or cabinets or ledges to lean against. With nothing to rest his arms or feet upon, his limbs would fall somewhere, and wherever they landed, they would tell me more than the words he would utter. It is glibly peddled that human communication is 80% nonverbal, but the average person has no idea how true that is. Our words are vastly eclipsed by our facial expressions, body posture, hand gestures, foot positions, pulse rates, flushing, blushing, pupil dilations, tone inflections, and dozens of other tells. My friend Rajesh was about to find that out the hard way. My friend. Could I call him that anymore?